This episode of Press for Time is brought to you by Aver Media, a leader in digital video and audio that's unleashing the power of 4K HDR game capture and streaming for today's PC and console gamers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pressed for Time, a Gaming Age podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Nethers. As always, the glorious Benny Rose. At your service, my liege. Hey, good, man. Good to actually be here and uh, hopefully have all the technical difficulties figured out. We got to love that. I mean, it's all part of the game. That is, that is. So last week, we, uh, we tried to record a show last week, and we recorded the entire thing got to the editing stage, realized that it picked up none of my audio, and it was just Benny talking to a wall. So it was a really good one-sided conversation, the best I've ever heard, um, but didn't think you guys really wanted to play Mad Libs with uh, Benny's side of the conversation. So here we are to re-record. Um, we're not going to go back over everything that we went over last time, obviously. We'll kind of touch on it a little bit, uh, the high notes. But other than that, it'll be a, a pretty unique show. What do you think, Benny? Absolutely. I mean, there's there's always news to discuss. You know, there's always things we're we're doing in life, and you know, there's always always room to talk. Oh yeah. So the big the big key that we hit on last week was plagiarism. So we were discussing the Dead Cells review that you know IGN had that was stolen from a YouTuber. And uh, the response to it, which was, fire the editor, redo the review. Ben and I both agreed. That's the right answer. Uh, plagiarism is terrible. If you plagiarize somebody else's work, especially as somebody in the industry who's paid to write those game reviews, you should probably just play the game and write your own review and not steal it from somebody else. So the audacity of the editor who thought that he could get away with doing something like that is astounding and I myself am very glad that he has been removed from IGN. That was the right answer on their part. And uh, it's just disappointing to see that. Somebody was given, you know, Benny, you touched on it last time. He was given an opportunity that everybody that works for a smaller reviewer or does it, you know, just because they want to do it, not for pay. Uh, everybody that has ever wanted to work for a big-time company like that is just shaking their heads like, Dude, I, I just flabbergasted you were given this opportunity that i would give my left leg for and you squandered it on a dead cells review that you didn't want to write yourself i mean just two pages of text it would have taken 45 minutes to sit down and write a good review that you would be paid for but he chose not to so he's since been canned and uh pretty much black barred from the industry i'm sure at this point yeah, I mean, it looks like he still has his uh, YouTube channel. He, since we've last spoken, uh, he did put up a uh, video of him kind of in his own way apologizing and trying to explain himself and justifying, um, I guess, the details of the context and mm. not really not really admitting it and, you know, just reminding people that he was a YouTuber once too. And, you know, I kind of like listened to it and it just felt like, you know, he was just doing it for compliance, even though, you know, he doesn't owe it to anybody in the sense because it's not like IGN kept him and said, hey, 
you need to force yourself to, uh, you know, put out a, uh, you know, reply to explain, you know, what happened. But he felt that he wanted to share his side. And, you know, at the end of the day, it becomes, like you said, it's, it's a responsibility, you know, as an editor, as somebody that is passionate about doing what we do, you know, we take that time to play the games and put our own point of view in. And to me, something I've always said is it's extremely dangerous to go and look at reviews before you've, you know, worked on your own. Because sometimes in, in cases like our outlet, we don't always get the game uh, until release date. And at that point, some of the bigger outlets like IGN already have their reviews published. Dangerous, dark, dark, murky waters to uh, to be in during uh, that time frame in you know, it's not really a, a good business practice because I don't think that most people are going to have ill intentions upon watching or listening or reading a review, but subconsciously you're going to take influence from that. And when you play the game, hopefully you start, you know, maybe agreeing or disagreeing with points and you might end up utilizing some verbiage, which in this case was almost all of it you know, with some key word changes and stuff like that. And you can tell that, you know, my point of view is, you know, he was trying to be strategic, you know, and to kind of, um, you know, use a lot of synonyms and, and make it to a point where it's in a higher level of professionalism versus, you know, a YouTuber that may or may not have had a script upon, you know, making his video review. So it's just, it's a real gray area and it's discouraging it's it's really upsetting and at the end of the day there's there's not much we can do i mean i'm very happy that i ign handled it appropriately and you know it wasn't immediate and that's a big thing with the internet nowadays and you know a different subject that we won't go into but just a quick topic on like politics and accountability for speaking your you know your point of view on politics when you're in a um public facing, you know, uh, role, let's say, whether you're a celebrity, you know, politician or whatever. So, you know, in most cases, like, for example, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, director James Gunn, pretty much, you know, some stuff had creeped up from the uh, Twitter days, you know, back in the day when he had some of his dark, dark, dark humor uh, posted on Twitter, which he had since then uh, apologized for. Oh, yeah. Like six years ago, apologized for. Came out and said, hey, I was wrong. I apologize. That was wrong of me. I was, uh, you know, just coming out as kind of a a shock humor horror type guy. So trying to get this attention. And, uh, you know, that's that's my bad. That was wrong. And here we are six years later, some uh, less than. uh, I'm going to get into dangerous territory, say words I'm not supposed to say. So less than stellar individuals dug those things back up, brought them back to the forefront, and uh, Disney was like, nah, dude, you're out. And I think he handled it incredibly gracefully. He said, you know what, you're absolutely right. Those things that I said were absolutely wrong, and if you guys feel that you cannot work with me today because of what I said over you know, almost a decade ago, then I understand and accept that. But everybody else is you know, like, hey... No, seriously, this is a totally different guy now. Bring him back. So right. we'll see what comes of that. But I think he handled that 
as gracefully as he possibly could have. And I think his response to that really shows the growth that he said he had. You know, that's the proof's in the pudding. He's not the same guy he was when he made those jokes because the guy that made those jokes would not have taken the firing from Disney lying down. You know what I mean? Agreed. So we won't delve too much into James Gunn, but I would would enjoy if he came back and did, you know, Guardians 3 and was allowed to continue to operate within the MCU. But, you know, of course we can't have all nice things that we like. We cannot. But, you know, but the point of that was simply, you know, IGN could have kind of did the same thing and just, you know, did the Thanos snap and wipe him from existence, but instead they made sure they did an investigation and they took the time to really see where the disconnect was and I applaud IGN for doing that. And, you know, a lot of people are still trolling this topic. And, you know, it really comes down to you, you, you just can't uh, guarantee that stuff like this is gonna, isn't going to fall through the cracks. You know, there's so many, uh, you know, influencers and YouTubers and other, you know, forms of content creators out there that, you know, things are going to get lost. And it's very, very difficult if not near impossible to comb the entire internet when it comes to researching and cross-referencing and stuff like that. So, you know, they were in a very tough situation, but I think they handled it well, like you said. And, you know, I think that other outlets and other, other industries really, because it got, it went so viral, you know, I think people really need to take a page from that. And, you know, accountability is really, really important. But you got to do it in an appropriate time frame. You know, you can't just draw your gun, you know what I mean, without realizing if if you really are shooting at the enemy or not. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's a really good analogy, but <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that that's really that was my take on it. And I think we can move on from that. You know, yeah, for just, sure. You know, plagiarism is wrong. And, you know, if you want to be somebody that writes right from the heart. You know, I tend I try I tend to be as personable and personal as I can when it comes to my writing. I try to do things different, a little unorthodox, if you will. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not somebody that graduated from college to do journalism, but you know, I love my games. I love writing stories about them. And I like talking about my past, my childhood, and um, you know, hopefully, people see value in that in the end. So. Yeah. Seg segue out. Segway out. Let's hit um my personal highlight. Dark Souls Remastered has a release date for the Switch. It's uh October nineteenth is when it's coming out. Um so I want to kind of talk about this a little bit. So for me, and as everybody knows, and everybody's super tired of hearing about it, Dark Souls is my favorite thing, like ever, of all time. The Dark Souls series, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, all that. Like that that made gaming more than what it should be for me. And uh to an extent has ruined everything else for all other games for me. But I was so excited to have a portable version of Dark Souls remastered. Uh, you know, when it was supposed to come out at the same time, I was gonna get the PC version and the Switch version both, and I was gonna play through them both together. Like, okay, that's gonna be awesome. Well they delayed the Switch version to some Date in the summer, right? Whatever, I still have my PC version to play. Played through the PC version like 16 times, right? Beat it into the ground. It was like, okay, well now I'm done, and I don't have a Switch version yet. 
So maybe I'll just get the PlayStation 4 version and I'll try that out for a little bit. Got the PlayStation 4 version. Beat that into the ground. I was like, okay. Well, I mean, maybe one day a Switch version will come out. And now the Switch version has a release date. And I really don't care. <laughs> it's 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 almost like too little too late at this point. Like I've played the remaster like 30 times now. And it's I just, like I, I uh, find it funny because ultimately that was the biggest surprise out of any topic we've discussed. I was not expecting that. Yeah. I was expecting, you know, hey, I'm raring to go. Let's go for 31, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's like I'll just I'll just go back and play it again I'm... on my PC. Now here's the question. I mean, I don't think we're going to get anything, but, you know, Nintendo is always pretty good when it comes to, you know, stuff that gets put on their system. They usually tie some Nintendo stuff in there. I don't recall um, seeing anything of that type of connectivity, but let's say, you know, they uh, gave you Link's outfit, Link's sword, you know. I think stuff like that. that would... That would irrationally piss me off. <laughs> like, it was super cool in Skyrim. It's like, okay, you can be Link in Skyrim. That's not, that's not Dark Souls. I don't want, I don't want Link stuff in Dark Souls. I don't want any Nintendo happy, fun, lucky Nintendo stuff in Dark Souls. And I don't think From Software would do anything like that. Right. Maybe. I mean, maybe they would, and I'm wrong, and I'm just, you know, we're speculating. I am super excited about that um, Solera Amiibo. Uh, at this point, I think I'm more excited about that than I am the game. But it's like, yeah, I'll, I'm still going to get it. I'm still going to have it because, you know, if you see my wall, I've got every game that they've ever made on every console it's ever come out on, hard copy. And then I have all the PC ones. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to play it. But the hype, for me at least, is gone. Like, it's just like, okay, it's another another iteration of Dark Souls. And it's going to be cool to have it on the go, and it's going to be cool to be portable. But at the same time, it's just like, man, you guys have waited so long. Like, the game's not new and fresh and hot anymore. It's like, yeah, okay, it's been out for a while. And it's not going to be the best version of that game. You know, it's going to be the only version that people on Nintendo have, so if the only console you have is a Switch, that's awesome, and you need to go get that game the day it comes out, and you need to play it, and you need to have your life changed. But... For someone like me that's got it on everything else, it's going to be better on everything else. You know, the Switch's hardware is not up to snuff with everything else, which, that's okay. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be the cutting-edge visuals and cutting-edge graphics and just just the, the hottest thing and so great. It's the portability factor, and it's the Nintendo exclusives that really sell that system. So, portable Dark Souls, that's awesome. But at the same time, I'm disappointed that it's taken this long. And again, totally speculating, shot in the dark. It's funny to me, and I've said this since they delayed it, that they were delaying it to sell more subscriptions to Nintendo's online service. Lo and behold, Nintendo's online service launches at the end of September. As soon as they announce that release date, what four days later... Dark Souls Remaster now has a release date, October 19th, two weeks after or three weeks after Nintendo's online service is launched. I mean, if that doesn't seem like maybe Nintendo pushing a little bit like, hey, let's wait because that'll sell subscriptions, 
I don't know what does. With a twist. Yeah. Well, it's facts. No, I'm with you on that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, even whether it's true or not, you know, like you said, every, uh, the demand and the excitement has definitely fizzled even for me. You know, like I just, I hope that it's not, it doesn't play like the original version, you know, with all the frame rate hiccups and stuff like that based on, you know, the hardware we're comparing. But at the same time, I think the big concern here is outside of that, is it's it's typical Nintendo Switch um, release delay that most games that come out on, on several consoles almost never come out the same day as the other consoles. You know, there's always that extra month, two months, sometimes longer. You know, look at Wolfenstein, look at Doom, look at Skyrim. I mean, Skyrim's a bad example, but you know what I'm you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, and I think a big part of that is definitely the development. Uh, process is without a doubt different. There's a, they, they have to find a lot of different ways to, you know, uh, simplify some of the design work in the background to manage the frame rate and, you know, all the technical stuff that I really don't know. But I mean, just from playing games like Wolfenstein and Doom, you know, one of the biggest things I hear as, as a musician is I hear the audio quality is is definitely, you know, degraded. You know, they have to do that to, you know, obviously one space and two just, you know, to meet the demands of the hardware. So I don't see Dark Souls being any different than that. Um, I don't think that the game is super demanding graphically. It looks great, but at the same time, as we know, it's previous gen. So I think the frame rate is really my biggest concern. You know, will it be okay at 30 frames? It's definitely not going to be 60. You know, yeah. I think it'll be and fine. I'm so used to playing at 60. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's like gonna, that's going to be very, you know, it's going to be weird for, you know, veterans of the series like you. Because mm-hmm. I yeah. wouldn't count myself as a veteran, even though I've that's all I've been playing as well. I've literally <laughs> just been recycling Bloodborne, Dark Souls Remastered, Dark Souls 3. I'm like, that's because Bloodborne is the greatest game ever made. <laughs> Prove me wrong. You can't. Uh, don't get me started. We'll, we'll save that discussion for another day when we have three hours. Yeah, at least. <laughs> um, so moving on past that little bit of excitement slash, you know, not excitement. There is Fallout 76 news. So Fallout 76 is not going to have crossplay, according to Bethesda. They are going to be being an online-only game. And everybody moving towards crossplay, and everybody being like, "Hey, I want to play with my buddies on the Xbox and the PC," and blah 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 blah. They're like, "Nope, don't think so." Um, so the reasoning behind that isn't entirely clear yet. Um, basically, it's, "Hey, we're taking it in a totally new direction, so this is what's going on." Um, but I wish there was a little more information. You know what I mean? Of course. Well, I mean, we're we're definitely in uh, uncharted territory with, with, you know, Bethesda and that type of game. And, you know, you can tell from the E3 presentation, you know, they, they expected some type of, you know, uh, flack for it being an online game. But I think that, you know, so far they've handled it pretty well, you know, and they, they seem to have some really valid points for why they're doing certain things with it. And, you know, the reality is people that have played Fallout over the years 
you know, they, they want to play Fallout by themselves. That's the reality. It's a single player focused game and it changes everything for the better or the worse, depending on the, on the player, obviously. But, you know, we're also at a time where cross play is it's middle ground. It's either taboo or it's beyond welcomed. You know, you have games like Fortnite that, you know, accidentally, you know, had moments of true cross play. There was that point, you know, what was it like, you know, when it first launched that PlayStation you know, players were playing with Xbox players. It was completely unintentional and it didn't last. But like that harmony, you know, brought up this whole demand for that. And, you know, between them, Minecraft, you know, there's, they're all finding, you know, this middle ground to make it work with the exception of Sony. And it looks like Bethesda, you know, that's another thing that could be part of it. You know, Bethesda does work, you know, close with Sony and a lot of stuff. And they could, there could be exclusive content we don't know about that could be tied to that. And that would be one of the deals. Hey, you can't have crossplay, you know, and they might be okay. Sure. You're paying us, you know, who knows? Obviously that's pure speculation as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. The crossplay thing is a funny argument. Um, I would really like to see more crossplay, but I, I play on PC. So being, being a PC gamer now and relatively new to it. I mean, I, I spent my eight years on console, um, but being a PC gamer for the most part now, it's funny to kind of be on the other side of that argument and watch people. Uh, I, I really like browsing Reddit, specifically like gaming forums and stuff like that. You keep up to date on stuff and it's interesting. Um, but it's funny to see people talking out of both sides of their mouth. You have people that are like, well, we, you know, I don't need a PC. I'm perfectly happy playing on console. There's really no advantage of, you know, mouse and keyboard. I can play just as well with my controller. It's pretty much the same thing. You know, it's not it's not a big it's not a big deal. I don't need a mouse and keyboard. And then they'll turn around and they'll say they want to block cross-platform play with the PC because PC gamers have an unfair advantage with mouse and keyboard. Uh, wait, which one? Which one is it? Is it is it an unfair advantage or is it unnecessary frivolousness to use a mouse and keyboard? Um, oh. So it's funny to to see the you know the same people making both of those arguments. But to me, I think the bigger the community, within reason, the bigger the community, the better. You know, PC does have a, a smaller online community. Just look at Call of Duty. You know, load up Call of Duty, whatever Call of Duty, any Call of Duty when it comes out. And look at the number of concurrent users on PlayStation 4. Then look at the number of concurrent users on Xbox. And then look at the ones on PC. PC is going to be dwarfed by the console players. And I think um, that's the reason some of the online games die out so quickly on PC and people stop playing them is because so so few people are playing it. So it's, you know, it's a, you know, it just, the cycle perpetuates. It's just people aren't playing it so they're quitting so more people quit because less people are playing and so on and so forth whereas if they had access to the pool of console gamers it would really open up the number of people that you could match with obviously i don't know all the technicality behind it i don't know what would be required to actually allow crossplay. maybe it is really ridiculously hard and maybe it's not cost effective for the game companies whatever just come out and say that say hey it's not cost effective we're not going to we're going to make less money doing that. But 
I personally would be happy, even if it was like $10 more, I would be happy paying $70 for a game that I could play with everybody than $60 for a game that I could just play by myself. You know what I mean? Or just with my group of gamers. I would much rather have cross-play become much more of a, a thing. It it shouldn't be this talked about. It should just be, oh yeah, no, that game came out and you can play with everybody. But, you know, all the game companies want to sell their systems, obviously. They want, they want the hardware sales. So, I don't think that will be a reality, at least not any time in the near future, outside of games like, you know, Fortnite and Rocket League and stuff like that. I don't see Call of Duty being cross-platform. I don't right. see Fallout 76 being cross-platform. Although Bethesda is kind of doing both things. They said they don't want Elder Scrolls Legends to come to any platform that blocks cross-platform play. So no. if you're not familiar with it, Elder Scrolls Legends is their, their card game, which it seems yeah. like everybody has a some variant of a trading card game now. But it's their card game that they had out for a while it's free to play on pc at least has been for a long time um but now it's coming to consoles and is it coming to phones as well i can't remember yeah it's either out already or it's coming out yeah something like that but they don't want it to come to any platforms that don't support cross-platform play man hard pass yeah that's all you (laughs) yeah i do like my i do like my trading card games um so to wrap up our little Bethesda section of the show here, um, Doom and Rage are now playable on Xbox with Games Pass, which was announced at QuakeCon, which was a surprise. I mean, those are not Rage so much anymore, although I really liked Rage, but Doom is still a, a big game and a big seller for them, you know, especially coming to the Switch and then the release of Doom VFR and the trailer for uh, Doom Eternal. You know, actually having gameplay and kind of seeing the details of that, Doom is a hot commodity again. And having it come to Games Pass is kind of a big deal for Microsoft. Um, I've been pretty rough on Microsoft this generation. Maybe a little unfairly, mostly fairly. Um, but, hey, that's that's a big move. That's a big play. Getting games like that, you know, seeing more games that aren't Microsoft exclusives that are coming and available for free with Games Pass... It's kind of cool. I mean, you see Games with Gold does the same kind of thing, and PlayStation Plus does the same kind of thing, but this is this is different. I mean, this is a big step forward for Game Pass. So I'm very interested to see where things kind of go in the next year, two years, as we lead into the next console generation with Game Pass, whether or not it sticks around, whether or not Sony implements something like that, whether or not we see more games coming to services like that or not. But the Netflix of video games an interesting idea yeah i mean i think really a big part of it is you know from a lot of the you know rumors i've read online too with potential hardware that microsoft is working on there is uh plans potentially to make a console that is strictly cloud uh gaming based so i think this is the way for them to kind of do some bench work, bench testing, and getting a feel for it and seeing where the demand is, see what kind of games people want, and seeing if they if they buy into it, you know, and they can make almost like a, you know, NES classic, if you will, you know, and just have it be this small box that may have some internal storage or might have a hard drive, but it's literally all just downloaded stuff, no physical media. Um, 
I don't know how I feel about that because I mean, you know, us being gamers that we've, you know, we've been at it for a long time. We like our physical media. I don't really like physical games as much as I used to. So I guess I'd be okay with it, but just in the grand scheme of things, you know, as, as somebody that's been in this realm for a really long time, you know, it's, I guess we're in, we're going into that potential phase of the digital era, you know, just like everything else, you know, there's really not much physical pressing in a lot of different industries, whether it be music, uh, you know, uh, print, you know, as far as books or yeah, magazines, print. you know, what people in like, what the hell's print? Yeah. Print, like print screen, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Our, I mean, we have a huge, huge uh, newspaper publication here by me. It's the Dayton Daily News, uh, you know, Dayton, but they, uh, they've been like a huge, huge newspaper for a long time. And they're, they've got a giant, the building's like the Taj Mahal. And it's, it's a huge building. Like, it's astounding that it's a newspaper building. And you drive past it on the highway, and uh, lo and behold, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they announced that they're shutting their doors. They're done. They're not going to do any more, uh, any more print. They're not going to print newspapers anymore. Wow. And it was just one of those, like, good Lord. It's one of those companies you just expect to be around forever. They've been there my entire life. That building's been there off the side of the highway. And now they're like, no, nah, we're, uh, we're done. We don't we don't sell newspapers anymore. Nobody wants this. Yeah, like Toys R Us. I hate to say different reasons, but just like childhood memories, you know, just uh, dusting away, if you will. Yeah, yeah it's a shame. But uh, you know, let's let's talk more positive stuff. Let's not get all teary eyed and depressed. Teary eyed about newspapers going <laughs> away. Um, so you sent me a pretty cool thing today. Um, you hit me up earlier this morning. And said, hey, check this game out. If you have any interest, uh, I can send you over a PS4 review code. And uh, since the game is out, we can we can discuss it, obviously. It's Death's Gambit. So it's published by Adult Swim Games, uh, developed by White Rabbit. And, of course, as much as I you know, harp on this one way or the other, it is a very much Dark Souls-inspired game. Um... And I played it for about three hours today, and really got a good got a good feel for it. Got a good start. I plan on knocking the rest of it out this week, but I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. Have you? You said you were downloading it, or you haven't played it yet? I have not played it yet. Okay, um, so I won't I won't spoil anything, but I'm going to well, kind of go you, into. You shouldn't spoil anything for the the listeners. Oh well, yeah, I, mean, I, I I wouldn't care, but I yeah. mean the trailers the trailers look awesome from what I've seen. The graphics so, are pretty cool. It's a Two and a half D side scroller. Um, it's not a platformer. Like I don't, I don't want anybody to go in thinking it's it's a platformer. It is very much side scrolling uh, Dark Souls. So there is jumping and going from you know a platform up and down because there's only so much you can do in that kind of two D side scrolling space. But the purpose of the game is not platforming. Um, you start the game off. Your character classes and your stats are all very, very Dark Souls. Like you scroll through the classes and it adjusts what your starting stats are. You've got vitality and endurance and strength, and instead of dexterity, you have what's called finesse. And it's a very condensed version of Dark Souls. Um, you have to pick a starting item, and the starting items are incredibly obscure. They don't tell you anything. It's hey, pick one. Hopefully, it'll come in handy later on down the line. 
Um, it kind of tells you a little bit about what you want, but picking your starting gift is, again, a, a gamble if you don't know what you're doing. Um, the tutorial is non-existent. As you're going through the world, there are tombstones that you have to read that tell you about the controls. Again, it, it's Dark Souls. You run around, check the tombstones, and they tell you what you're supposed to do. Um, instead of bonfires, you have death idols, but that's where you level up. That's where you uh, reset the world, so when you rest... At the death idol, it resets everything around you. So all the enemies come back, everything responds, but you get all your health back. Um, that's where you level up. If you die, you return to the death idol you last rested at, and everything's back in the world. An interesting key change, which I, I've been really enjoying, is you get what looks like souls. I mean, it is souls. They're called shards. It's what you get for killing enemies. When you die, you do not lose your shards. But, instead of Estus, you have Phoenix Feathers that replenish every time you're at a bonfire. But, when you die, you lose a Phoenix Feather. So, like, right now, I have four. So, I'm going through and I have four Phoenix Feathers, which is the equivalent of four Estus. Um, if you die, you now have three. And you have to make it back to your body to recover your Phoenix Feather to get your fourth healing item back. So, if you keep dying... You keep losing your healing items. You don't lose your upgrade points, though. So if you're stuck on a boss, you can keep fighting the boss, keep fighting the boss, keep fighting the boss, keep fighting the boss. And it gives you basically partial credit. So when you die to a boss, it shows the boss's health bar. And it'll go down to wherever it was you got the boss to. And it'll give you shards based on how much damage you did to the boss. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if maybe it cuts you off after you've done it so many times. Or you start getting like diminishing returns. Um, yeah. So far, I've not died enough times to the same boss to find out. But at least for, I think, my most is five right now. I died five times to the same boss. Um, through that five times, I still got credit. So you can go back and kind of upgrade and be like, okay, this boss is killing me. This is what I need. You can keep trying, keep trying, keep trying and get your shards and upgrade yourself without losing all your upgrade points. So they kind of flipped the script there a little bit. It's an um, interesting take. It's really cool. Um, you, There's a character that is kind of like in charge of you, telling you what you're supposed to do. It really doesn't give you any direction. You can wander into an area you're definitely not supposed to be in. Just, again, like Dark Souls. I accidentally wandered too far to the left and uh, just got absolutely slaughtered by a pack of werewolves and realized, oh no, I'm not doing any damage to them. I need to go somewhere else. So I did, and I found the next area by simply understanding, hey, I, I'm not supposed to be here. Just because the game allows me to be here doesn't mean I should be. Um, but anyway, the character that's kind of in charge and overseeing everything stops, and you kind of ask him, hey, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? And he says, you need to... Uh, you need to go into the town, and there are two bells of awakening you must ring, and once you've rung those bells, you will go to this area, and you will do this thing. And your character's like, what? And the guy's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. you got to go smash that pot. And But, you know, laughing yeah, about its nice, own... Nice Dark Souls. Yep, yeah. laughing about its own Dark Souls inspiration. And uh, there, there are a lot of little Easter eggs here and there that are thrown in that are clearly, hey, we understand that we have taken a lot of cues from Dark Souls, but please enjoy our game on its own, and please don't just look at it as um, side-scrolling Dark Souls. 
So I've been kind of trying to play it through those eyes, and I've really, I've really been enjoying it. It's been very, very good. Like I said, I put about three hours on it today, but those are three hours with the kids home and pausing to go, you know, give bottles and do food and everything else. So it's been kind of. Oh yes, yeah, you can pause. Oh, praise the moon. Praise, <laughs> praise something. Um, <laughs> now I've never tried pausing in an area where there are enemies, so maybe it. Maybe you could still get killed, um, but you can definitely bring up a pause menu. So, uh, but like I said, I've been really enjoying it. It's very, very good. You should definitely check it out. I will have my full review up as soon as I'm done with the game. Um, so we'll see. I don't know how how many hours of content there are. I'm I made it through four. I think three bosses in three hours, like three real bosses in three hours. Six if you count like mini bosses and scripted encounters. Um, but yeah, like three real areas with three real bosses in about three hours. So cool. we'll see, we'll see how long it is, but you should definitely check it out. You should definitely play it if you're listening. Would you, um, from, I thought I read that it also has some informa- uh, influence of Metroidvania. Would you say that as well? I mean, only in, only in the visuals. No, only not, in... the ma- not the map and needing certain items to progress to certain areas, nothing like that. You do need certain items to progress to certain areas, but that's how pretty much everything in that vein is, you know what I mean? Like, playing it, I don't feel like I'm playing a Metroidvania. I I feel like I'm playing side-scrolling Dark Souls, and Dark Souls is the same way. You could say that Dark Souls is a Metroidvania in that same way. I mean, they definitely took a lot of cues from that, but in terms of just the way you interact with the world, it does not feel like... A Metroidvania to me. Now, would you compare this game to? I don't know if you've even played it, Salt and Sanctuary. I have not played Salt and Sanctuary, so I don't know. Which I'm very surprised about because yeah, I've been, been told I need to play it a lot. There's just, I mean, I've got, like I said, just over three thousand games on in my Steam library now, so it's really hard but, to sit down and play one. I always end up just going back and playing the same thing over and over again. I was gonna say, but you do play Dark Souls thirty times, so yeah, there's there's time. Oh, plenty but, of time. And I'm still, so still playing Overwatch game. like no one's business. Right. That game actually did uh, just release on Switch. So that's another potential game you can uh, add to your portable queue. Yeah. That could always uh, scratch that itch that you have for Dark Souls on the go until October. Yeah. So. We'll see. Cool. Yeah, we'll be sure to check that game out and uh, stay tuned for Tyler's review uh, when he's ready to put it up when he's uh, finished playing the game. Thanks for that. Yeah, sure. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? We're kind of coming up on time here, so do a little, yeah, just, do a little wrapping yeah. up. Sure. Uh, two quick things. Uh, one, want to shout out a big thank you again to our new sponsor, Avery Media. And um, thank you for all the partnerships, all the support you guys have given us. We are very happy uh, with the technology you've supplied us. We've been using your capture cards, your headphones, and um, we highly recommend them. We'll have a link to their website in the podcast episode and just stay tuned for more uh, content from them. We'll be providing more reviews for their uh, technology as we get it. And yeah, that's that. And there was one other thing that we uh, did speak about last week that I wanted to touch up on. Um, a piece of hardware that I was uh, spending some time with uh, for the last almost a month or so since uh, 
uh, after I got back from E3. Um, very unique uh, product that I would not normally talk about. So um, when I was at E3, uh, there was a company that sent an email to, you know, check out their their booth um, for a product they were pretty much offering, which is a gaming edition. Uh, I don't don't know the best way to word it. I don't want to word it incorrectly, but it's an HDMI cable that uh, essentially would be an upscaler, if you will. So the company is Marseille, and we'll put that in there uh, in the description as well. The cable is called the M cable uh, for the name M uh, Marseille. Basically, it has a processor built into the HDMI cable, which I thought was interesting because, you know, we've all probably seen those $100, $200, $300 HDMI cables on the shelves over the years. And always wondered, you know, is it worth it to spend the extra money when you can go on Amazon and get one for three dollars? And in most cases, it's not. You know, you're you're getting what you pay for. Either way, in most cases, with the exception of, uh, you know, less um, static interference stuff like that, based on the uh, plating of the metal. But outside of that, I'm not a big techie when it comes to you know, cables and stuff like that and visuals. But basically the company uh, claims to increase um, your pixels, your resolution, your details, your contrast, um, and make your picture overall look better on, you know, something that is potentially older tech. So when we spoke about it last week, I mentioned that I was playing around with it on my old uh, Vizio, my 27-inch TV that's in my office and I had hooked it up with my PS3 and um, didn't see much of a difference. You know, again, maybe I just didn't see it, but ultimately I decided to swap the cable over to my PS4 up here and was playing some Dark Souls Remastered. And I legitimately saw just um, much, much sharper um, visuals. I saw better colors, there's more detail in the environment. It almost compared to the PC version of the game, which I would say, you know, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably the best version of the game, correct? Oh, yeah. You know, and obviously playing the game prior to uh, using the cable, I definitely saw a big difference. So I definitely wanted to make, you know, make sure I took the time and say, if you guys are really, you know, looking for something that's going to make your gaming experience better, without going too deep into the pocket. Um, the M cable is definitely something I would recommend. It's uh, it's about $100. Um, we'll have a link. And actually, uh, Marseille actually provided a code for us that we'll be able to put in there to give you guys 10% off if you're interested in grabbing one. Um, I definitely would recommend it. I am not one to pitch uh, stuff like this. You know, initially when I heard about it, it seemed kind of like a as seen on as seen for TV, you know, made for TV kind of thing. And, you know, it's one of those things you got to experience it for yourself. So definitely worthwhile. And I just wanted to take that time to bring that up. Uh, There'll be more reviews uh, for toys coming soon. I actually got a big box today from diamond Uh, sent me some more kingdom hearts figures. So I'll be flooding the, uh, the website again with more kingdom hearts uh, pictures and impressions and stuff and 
you know, as we get more games and products to review, we'll keep pumping that out. And the last thing was our goal for everybody here is we are shooting to do a bi-weekly show starting this week. Um, please, you know, bear with us as we sometimes encounter, you know, the usual technical hiccups or just life, you know, gets in the way. Thus the name, Press for Time. But you all are very important to us. We really appreciate the ongoing support over the years. And uh, we apologize we've been gone for so long. But we're here. We're going to do our best to stick with the bi-weekly schedule and hopefully increase that from there. And, you know, we'll start trying to do some streaming, some uh, live streaming, some unboxings. We want to do everything we can. And with your support, it'll help us justify the means to do so. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much for all the love and support. And I'm going to pass it over to Mr. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, you really said it all. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Thank you for sticking with us. And uh, we'll try to pump some more stuff out, some cool stuff. I've got some cool stuff in the pipes for you guys. I know Benny's got some stuff coming. So um, if you want to check us out in our outside of the podcast lives, I am on Twitter at ThatGamesGuy. Feel free to tweet at me. I've got like seven followers. So if you tweet at me, I guarantee you you'll get an answer. So all those burning questions that you have about Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and uh, well, that's about all that I can talk about. So, any <laughs> questions about those things? Feel free to hit me up, um, Benny. You are at it's Benny Rose. That is correct. There it is, and uh, that'll do it for this week, guys. Thank you again so much for being here, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care and have fun, guys. Later.